Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the second episode of OP is OP, the podcast where we go through the One Piece manga, one of us for the first time. I, as always, am the super veteran of One Piece, Justin, and, as always, my co-host, the super rookie, Jacob. The super rookie. Back to back. Probably for this week only, but we're doing this right after recording that first arc episode. Yep, sure are. Mine's, mine's still fresh. The train is pumping. The wind is strong. The sails are open. I feel like I'm on this one one piece train. I feel like after that first arc, I got one really piece nice, ship. Really <laughs> like, one piece ship on this one what, piece I, ship. I, yeah. What's the name? What's the name of the ship they're on right now? Help me out, man. It's Alvita's ship. Yeah, what's the name? I, I honestly don't know if it has one. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just calling it the one piece ship for now. Is that so bad? <laughs> yeah, that, that works. So this week uh, we are doing the Orange Town arc. Chapters 8 through 21 of the manga, so if you have not read that and you are still watching this, you probably should read it or just accept spoilers, because it's going to be a lot. I highly recommend uh, getting it on the Shonen Jump app. Uh, you can read it on your phone, very accessible. It's not. This is not sponsored, by the way. It's just This is how I'm reading the yes, series Yes, we are right both now. reading the official translation. But we're yeah, not I think calling him like, Zolo, because that's dumb. It's super cheap, too. Isn't it like, like three bucks a month? I think it's two bucks a month. Like it's, it's dirt cheap. Yeah, like two bucks a month, for, it's one just, piece. Even if it's just for one week. series, it's even worth it. if it's just for one piece, it's worth it. <laughs> one, I just said one series, but one piece, yeah, it's like a thousand chapters. You're going to get maturing material. So, yeah, and it's just oh, so much fun so far. This is starting at chapter eight, right? Yeah, Orange so Town, we can just kind of dive right in. We, we jump into Luffy and Zoro. They're on a little boat. They just left that marine base that we talked about in our last yeah. episode. So super strong i think this is a very very strong first chapter for this new arc oh yeah i agree um, immediately i'm making a notice here um for the record part of my newbiness into one piece on the side i have heard of this youtube channel called uh, totally not mark he's made a series on dragon ball z super of like how he breaks down that series amazingly well of what makes it good, what makes it bad. Yeah, I think I've and seen he's some of doing, those. He's currently doing a One Piece series similar Ooh. to what we're doing right now, actually. I like that. But it's him on his own, right? I'm going to have to go watch those. I love like <laughs> new people getting into One Piece. <laughs> yeah, he breaks the same thing where he's brand new, he's going into it, and the YouTube format, he's breaking it down. Nice. Um, But I don't watch him like religiously because I still don't know what's going to happen exactly, but... It does help me pinpoint exactly like certain themes or motivations, especially because I'm doing like, you know, work or whatever. And it's all in the background. And I hear him when he's going on about his the best parts about this series of how, you know, like how everything it seems to be connected. But the one thing that really the reason why I brought him up, though, is the one thing that really stuck out to me is he mentions to pay attention to the pre chapter artwork or even post chapter artwork. Oh, yeah. I don't think this is important right now, but the first thing I noticed was my first note was this pre-chapter art has owls looking cute as fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's important or not. Just, yeah, it was a nice but that was drawing. that was a YouTuber giving me advice on how to read this series going forward. I'm like, you know what? That's some cute fucking owls. Just dude. keep at Thanks it. For the heads up, man. Because <laughs> either way, the the pre, I have a lot of pre-chapter notes actually. Yeah, a lot of them are just like really good one shot one piece fan uh fan um not fan pieces uh just like one shot art pieces to just really get your mind going like oh what's, what's this adventure what's this scenario yeah it's like a little introduction to the adventure mm -hmm. that's happening but yeah to go back it's just 
immediately a great start to the new chapter where right away Zoro is pointing out Luffy's flaw of like, you don't know how to navigate. <laughs> you don't know, like, we don't you know, don't know how to navigate. <laughs> <laughs> and then we and get a like, little no, funny snippet. We learned that Zoro became a pirate hunter because he followed like one pirate. And then after he was out to sea, he couldn't find his way back home. <laughs> Which no, no dude, I'm going to find him. I'm not going to track him. Are you? No. And then in the midst of it, it's like, hey, are you hungry? I see a bird up there. Let me go get it. And then he does his gum gum rocket. But when he gets up there, it's a giant fucking bird. Yeah, it like gets it stuck in its out. mouth, his head, and it flies he away a, with yeah, it. It has, has his freaked out face like, help me. <laughs> I love how Luffy can one-shot Iron Mace, Alvita, and pretty much almost one-shot one-on-one uh, Morgan, Captain Morgan. But big albatross, big seagull in the sky? Uh-uh, he ain't having that shit. That's too much. <laughs> I imagine, like, when he's in the mouth already, he could have, but it probably wouldn't have been a good idea since he can't swim. Like, he's above the That ocean. is actually, you know what, now that you point that out, that is very true. Actually. Yeah, he's probably like, true. oh, I guess I'll just ride this out, see what happens. He, yeah, he, he's smart enough to be aware that, yeah, yeah. this bird, I, I, I ain't going back down right away. That was my plan. I'm... I'm I'm going where this thing's taking me. Yeah, I liked like Zoro had like a pretty funny reaction. We see he's kind of getting pulled in, or maybe he was always just naturally inclined to the same kind of like Luffy antics. He's like chasing after yeah, him, like, growing furiously. Like, what the all... heck, man? Like, yeah, then he gets the rose. He's rolling like fucking crazy. And then while he's rolling to try and keep up, he accidentally picks up uh, stragglers that are in the middle of the sea in a wreckage. Yeah, he's like, I'm and not going to stop. If you can get jump on, yeah, do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you fuckers better go get jump on. I ain't stopping yeah, this like, boat. I'm, I'm I've got a more a, important like a, mission right now. Yeah, he's like, like he's on a speedboat. <laughs> yeah, how fast <laughs> he was going. Yeah, like how fast he was like <laughs> rowing it by hand. It's hilarious. And of course, in typical adventure fashion, they are pirates too. And so they get picked up, yep. and immediately they threaten him, going, "All right, this is our boat now." Yeah, and then, I, like, I love I the think panel of Zoro's go- face. He just goes, "Huh?" Like looking like, "Yeah, oh, he just goes, really?" Yeah, like, I, like really? Are you serious? Like, not even that attitude. It's more like, "Huh?" Like what? He's like, "Come yeah. on, man!" Literally, the next, next panel, pa- they got the next next panel. Them. They all got black eyes, bruised lips, <laughs> and they're rowing the ship for him, and he's like lounging back. <laughs> I love yep. that. And he's like, yeah, because thanks to you guys, I don't know where my captain's at now. Thanks. But then they reveal basically the star of this whole arc. And actually, in the last episode, I was making a joke of like, I wonder why they call it Orange Town. And you just say it's the name of the town. I go, oh, I thought it was Orange Town because that's the color of Nami's hair. Orange. Orange oh. Town. Oh, maybe it, maybe it's a I, double entendre. I thought that was the reason for the name. Yeah, you know, like maybe. Romance Dawn being a, like a... You know, like a symbolic gesture of like the romantic dawn of a new adventure. And then Orange Town, I thought, okay, it's the town, but it's all about Nami. It's about yeah. getting her setting, figuring out who she is. And by the way, spoilers, I guess for the end discussion of this, <laughs> we still don't know exactly what her deal is. Yes, that's Her correct. main thing is she distrusts pirates heavily yeah. because they clearly did something. <laughs> they took something from her. Pirates in general. I yeah, don't know I think who it's would like it, who this chapter, exactly. or maybe the next, or maybe one or two away, when she says that, like, she reveals that they killed someone close to her, and Luffy was like, "Oh, that's why she hates pirates." Like, yeah, okay, I guess do, that makes sense. Do they? Do they say? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they do they say did. they 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 killed someone. Someone close to her. Close to her. Okay. Yeah, I said, that's why she hates pirates, and Luffy's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah that's true." Um, oh, gosh, what? So it's back just, to where we were, right? But, like Zoro's like he's in the boat, and he's like, "How did you guys get stranded?" 
that's when we get a little flashback that introduces And then we Nami. get the flashback, yeah, of them being um completely fooled and just yeah. completely deceived by our the new crew member. Actually, I have here not crew member yet, but most likely because I've seen her in all the ads. Right. Um <laughs> crew member Nami and she straight up plays like oh the innocent stranded girl. Oh, I'm too weak. Can you Three young, strong, strapping lads, help me. <laughs> yeah, I just need some water. Take my treasure. It's yours. Take, my, take all the treasure, please. And just they're like, oh, all. hell yeah. And they all jump over yeah, on yeah. her boat trying to get some yeah. of that. Like, hey, this chest is empty. And she's already sailing away on their ship. <laughs> and, and then, yeah, she pulls it. She pulls a Jack Sparrow on them and goes, totally. Thank yeah, you, we're the making original. headway. Bye. Peace out. <laughs> But the most important part that I noticed, even before they've established later in, the, in this arc, that she is a good navigator, is she goes, all right, you got the low dark clouds, as predicted. That means it's going to be a storm. And next panel, jackpot. Lightning storm. They're toppled over. They can't track me. I'm out. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, she predicted that. She can predict the weather. All right, cool. She's a really good navigator. Yeah, like, she's probably yeah. the navigator they're looking for. What a coincidence. Probably. <laughs> considering yeah. a few pages earlier, they mentioned navigator. Yeah, they need a navigator. Obviously, because they can't funny. navigate. But then Luffy goes, and cook, and musician. And Tori goes, one step at a time, dude. So immediately I'm going, all right, cook's the next guy. Musician's probably the one after that. But immediately I'm thinking, like, with the writing style that I've noticed that this series is going on so far, it's like, it's not the most unpredictable thing. It's about the journey. It's about the fun. And, and the Oda is laying out the work as far as I'm seeing it, where it's like literally navigators next, then the cook, then the musician. I'm giving you those points. I'm not telling you how, but those are the next points. That's how I'm perceiving it as. Okay, so I'm, I see you. I'm waiting for that. <laughs> I'm ready for that. Um, so then I think we cut back to Luffy after Nami's little flashback. The bird, <laughs> yeah. right? the bird gets shot out of the sky with a cannonball. And he lands in Orange Oh, my God, that's right. Yeah. He so, I mean, someone, someone on Buggy's crew has really good aim to hit a flying bird <laughs> with a cannonball. That's insane. To be fair, we did a stop. Actually, no, that is true. I was going to say, I was going to say, to be fair, it was established. It's a big ass bird. Right. But that's true. But for man. those who don't know, aiming a musket or a cannon, much less even a modern day gun, is re- it's much more difficult than it looks. Especially at a moving target. <laughs> a moving target. Far away, small target with a cannon. That ain't something easy to do. But it is an anime. It's Sorry, yeah, it's a manga. Whatever. I don't think it's, it's that adventure. important. It's fiction. But as you pointed out, that means whoever's on, whoever's aiming that thing, they got experience. Which, they got accuracy. Yeah, it's I a think it, uh, as we find out later, the cannonball is kind of Buggy's thing. His very special super cannonball. The Buggy Ball. The Buggy Ball. So it only makes the sense that balls. he's got some people really good at shooting them. So. What is the name of kind the of material? Real, real quick, what's the name of the material that's made of Captain America's shield? Vibranium? Vibranium, yeah. Those buggy balls are vibranium, aren't they? They are the most dense and destructible like things that? ever. Yeah, they're just like, and their firepower is honestly not laughable. Yeah, it's they really fire, I, we're jumping a little ahead, but they fire one cannon at, at the town, and it levels like 10 buildings, like if they're dominoes. Yeah, and, uh, and like he like, says, like, if this were a smaller town, it would have leveled the whole thing. And it's like, dang. Or, one yeah, cannonball. or if it was a regular cannonball, it would just make a hole in the wall. It wouldn't drag the entire foundation with it. Right. So, obviously, it's almost like supernatural powers with the cannonball, too. It's fiction as well. So, if you're saying 
you're just the overthinking it, dude. It's just the threat. Like, shut up, dude. It's vibranium buggy balls. I'm giving the guy credit. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Luffy lands right in front of Nami, who is running away from running away with a treasure map. We just saw her. Something. We saw like a panel of her stealing a treasure map. Right. Yeah. And yeah. she already stole the treasure off their ship. Right. So we're kind of getting this thing like she's she's into treasure. She's she's out for the money. Absolutely. It's and it's, and it's the same chapter, but it's already established that this girl is creative. She is clever, deceitful. Yes. And immediately Luffy's there and she goes, thanks for the rescue, boss. Yes. And they turn to him going, oh, you're the big brains, huh? We'll, we'll <laughs> bite you instead. Him. And she gets and away. And then she escapes. <laughs> and then Luffy just obviously destroys these guys. His hat almost takes some damage. That makes him very unhappy. <laughs> he grabs the hat knocks the guy out in one hit and it's like do not touch my hat <laughs> now, now that you point that out that's some foreshadowing it now is indeed yes yeah, so don't touch my hat don't there are some things you don't fuck with yeah luffy's hat is <laughs> very high on the list <laughs> luffy's straw hat as you learn is one of those things do not touch that hat it's like but it's uh John Wick's dog, <laughs> Luffy's straw hat. They're all, you know, top tier. Don't don't touch. Don't fuck with that. <laughs> yeah. Ask our friend Lucas from the uh, Important Things in Life podcast. Top tier things of do, the things do not touch in fiction. One of them, John Ooh, Wick's dog. Man, if you do that episode, please hat. have me on as a guest. <laughs> I got to represent my boy Luffy. Just do not touch that. Do not touch that. But immediately he takes care of the goons and... Nami comes back because yeah, she's like, like kind of oh. chilling out, like hiding on a rooftop, like watching. She's like, yeah, she's strong. And she sees it and goes, yeah, she sees it and goes, hey, you're pretty strong. Do you want to team up? I steal from pirates. So she's very straightforward to the point. And at that point as well, as established for me, she's also an opportunist. Yes. Where she sees an opportunity like, oh, this thing just happened. Not according to plan, but it's in my favor. I can work this to my advantage. I can get a possible ally. She's able to deceit. Uh, pirate goons whether they're experienced or not yeah and it, it makes sense like she's a girl in uh the great era of piracy as we learned in chapter one she seemingly works alone and she steals from pirates which is pretty dangerous work and she keeps up at it anyways um yeah, yeah we're, we're talking about nami being with pirate this... crews alone mm-hmm. she's clearly got incredibly some incredibly capable Yes, she's yeah. That's a, the perfect word. She's very capable. She can handle herself. She knows how to turn a situation capable. in her favor. Is what mm-hmm. the, the vibe we get when we first see her in this chapter. So, and that was basically the conclusion I want to get to, which is why I thought this was a great start to a chapter. Because if this is supposed to be a, a new crew member, this is a fantastic introduction to another new character that's not identical to what Zoro had. Zoro had the bad yeah. guy, tough guy. Look, I'm tied to a pole, but I'm the alpha. Right. right. He had like his arms tied to the post, but he had the, the shadows under his eyes. He's got the beanies. He has that intimidating glare. Of, yeah. Like Zoro um, gives you the feeling like even tied up to that post, he's still not in danger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Zoro, like Zoro I chose to be that, here. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say Zoro gives you that uh, Justice League uh, Batman vibes where <laughs> if Batman is tied in a chamber by the League of Villains or whatever. He goes, uh, I, I wanted to be here. I can escape at any time. <laughs> kind of bring me to your line. base, you know, like yeah. Mm-hmm. And then with Nami, she's constantly fooling everyone around her to her own advantage to what seems like just to get any treasure she can. So she could be just be a treasure hunter, whereas you know uh, Zoro was a pirate hunter, a bounty hunter, right? Um, and her way is just literally being a thief. But she is incredibly capable, 
And they're not doing it just simply by, oh, look how sneaky she is. It's like, no, her char- her charisma is what's carrying her, her, uh, yeah. her diplomacy, her intrigue, where she can fool people. Um, because as of this chapter, it's not showing how, if she's a good fighter or not. It's just showing that she can basically be resourceful and turn people on each other, even though strangers or enemies yeah. or even allies. Also, something so, like I never, first. oh my bad. I never really caught onto this before, though. I was saying that uh, we kind of see also through Nami now, like world building wise, that piracy kind of defines this whole world, right? Like both her and Zoro kind of make a living off of the antics yeah, of pirates. This this is basically the Caribbean during the height of piracy. Yes, this is the lawless. But it's regions, the whole or, world. Uh, <laughs> yeah, or yeah, or again, Southwest uh, Pacific. Yeah. I said Southeast the first time. Southeast Asia, Southwest Pacific. Um, where, yeah, during that times where there's lawless region and this is the world so far, we got this new yeah, pirate crew seen. Pirates everywhere. established that they are experienced and efficient where they can shoot a giant seagull, a giant moving target with a cannonball out of the sky on one shot. So I'm like, damn, okay, this is an experienced crew as to that intimidation factor, at least for me, it did. Um, and then right away we get this introduction to a new character that immediately I'm doing this is a really fucking cool character. It's again not the same as Zoro. Cool the tough guy, but now way, we got yeah. the intrigue. You got the intrigue, you got the thief, but she's not your typical like Yuffie from Final Fantasy 7 kind of right. a thief where it's like this very Actually, they're a little bit similar. Uh, yeah. Yuffie was <laughs> it's like kind actually of a, was kind a little bit. Of, yeah, because Yuffie yeah. did use the seat as well, yeah. But I always thought Yuffie was a bit annoying. Yeah, kind of at least bit. in the original game. Uh, a bit annoying at times. She's even but... worse in Kingdom Hearts, man. Oh my god. Oh, God, don't remind me. She's so annoying. But But either way, Nami did not give me those annoying vibes. It gave me that, okay, this person is clever. It's not because the people around her are that are smart are suddenly dumb. It's like, no, these are pirate goons. And she's um, attributing. She's she's basically predicting their intelligence or like in uh, Luffy's case. Just bringing him in going, hey, there's this random ass guy who looks like he could be a fighter or whatever. Maybe, I don't know. Thanks, boss! Yeah, like, she, she deals with <laughs> her conflicts in a different way, right? Whereas, like, if Luffy had, like, stolen their treasure map, let's say that's the thing he really wanted, right? He wouldn't have, like, had to trick them or anything. He probably would have just gone in, kicked all their asses, and taken uh, it. You know? Like, different ways of accomplishing similar goals, but she gets it done, and that's what matters. Mm-hmm. And to reinforce that capable trait that we mentioned, she's a quick thinker, because as soon as Luffy landed in front of her, the usual thing would have been like everyone just to stop what they're doing and be aghast of what just happened. Yeah, but she just in her case right is in. keep on running. Thanks, boss. Out of here. Yeah. So immediately I'm going, okay, Nami is an incredibly intelligent character. I am very interested where she's going. Yeah, just like um, the little two interactions basically we see of her. She capitalizes on both situations perfectly. Ex- excellent characterization. Absolutely. So Amazing then, characterization with this character. Oh yeah, she's so, like, "Hey, team up with me." Trying to capitalize a little further, and Luffy's like, eh, "Nope, not interested." Like, yeah, he just walks you get away, that, like, that face of caution. Yeah, you rarely see that, but you get that caution face from Luffy rather than like a like excited face where he has like that the grin where he's like, "All right, Zoro's on my team. Let's kick some ass." In this case, he's got like the oh, hmm. nah, like <laughs> don't know. Good. At least right now, he doesn't know right. she's a good navigator. Yeah, then she asks, she follows him along anyways, even though he doesn't want to team up with her at this point. And she's like, hey, why are you so uh, touchy about that hat? You know, she's thinking, like, you got some treasures in there, some jewels in there. You kind of get the vibe that she was about to make the worst mistake of her life and try to steal it from him, Mm -hmm. if so. But he's like, no, it's just important to me. 
Yeah, we see Luffy actually. Now that you mentioned that, Luffy for the first time that I've that I remember is not the one being brutally honest or frank and in insulting people. He's on the defensive. Yeah. Nami is like actually confronting him and poking at him uh, emotionally, vulnerably, and he does and you know without realizing it, and he gets defensive about. It. He's like, no, this is just something important to me. But it becomes a very strong motif in this arc is personal treasure. It's not about a treasure map. It's not about riches and oh, the currency is berries in this. I picked up on that. It's not dollars. It's not the balloons. It's yeah, not gold. Betty's. It's berries. Um, I think I actually remember that as well from when I first re- picked up this first volume, like first two arcs, like uh, fifteen years ago. I remember berry. And I remember thinking literally back in the past, going, are, "So are they just berries you can't eat?" <laughs> How does that currency <laughs> work? Like if you eat berries, you ruin. Do you stimulate the economy, or do you ruin it? But or are they like all the worst tasting berries? Because they found like again, like I was doing yeah, like, the yeah. stupidest brainstorming that a eleven ten year old could do. Right. <laughs> but either way, they're berries. Um, I think it was this chapter or next chapter it, we find out that she has a goal of her of her own, but it's more yeah, it's, um, it's this chapter material. Nine. She wants a hundred million berries. Yeah, she says to buy a certain village with stereotypical to, anime vagueness. You know? does, she, does, does she does she say buy a village? Yeah, to buy. I, th- I quoted I, it I rem- to buy remember, a certain village. She says, "Okay," because I remember the hundred million berries part. I don't remember buying a village, but okay. Um, by that logic, it would make sense if that connecting with her her past with what we know anyway. Because yeah, they find they have a little talk. She finds she immediately rescinds her offer when she finds out that Luffy's a pirate. Right. Luffy, oh, also the thing that was if you didn't realize early on, Luffy can't lie. Like he will straight up tell you he's a pirate. Yeah, he just doesn't. He, will not, like, he just doesn't care enough. He doesn't. To lie. If if you're playing like D and D, Dungeons and Dragons, and you're there, if there's like a deceit or a lying trait or factor, it's negative one for Luffy. Like he is super honest. Yeah. And as a pirate, that's probably going to be a con, but that's his character. He's upfront and honest with that's you. How it goes. <laughs> I am a pirate. <laughs> so then, even uh, to, in front of this girl who's clearly hates pirates. Right. So speaking of pirates, tell me we get to see Buggy. For the first time in this chapter. Okay, please tell me there is a name for this. He, the way he was sitting on that chair like a fucking boss. Yeah. With his, like, he's <laughs> right. leaning with his leg out. But not like in a sexual perverted way. Yeah, I, like, he's just it. lounging. He looks so relaxed, it's, so yeah, chill. Yeah, it's like, dude, I own this. And he looks so menacing, too. Like, the shading, like, on I've his seen, eyes in the But I've seen especially. that pose. Be- yeah, but I've seen this pose before. In Resident Evil 4, where I think Leon jokingly lounged like that when he sat on a throne in a weird interactive. I think I've seen it in other shows. I think Bleach had this, too, where Aizen sat like that as well. Really? It's, I think a... I noticed this... It's. I think there's a trope name for it, because I noticed this in huh. Japanese media. Interesting. That it's a common, like, tough guy or confident pose. Right. It really does convey that, pose. that's for sure. Yeah, because I'm thinking... Leon as a joke in Resident Evil 4, pretending that he was a villain. Aizen, who is basically like a big boss, overpowered baller. And then now we get Captain Buggy, who definitely has the, the Napoleon complex where he is the best. And if you insult anything about him, particularly his nose, he will get paranoid and make you feel cornered right away for even saying a word that rhymed with what you thought he said. <laughs> 
<laughs> right, yeah. Someone on his crew said something that sounded like rubber mm. nose or something, and he just got super pissed and killed the guy. Like, oh, like oh, uh, I think it was something like oh, he uh, he bumped it, he rubbed his nose in our business or something like that. And then yeah. I think Bucky goes, "What'd you say about my nose? Huh? What'd you say, you little punk bitch? Huh? What'd you say?" <laughs> the guy's like, "No, sorry, I'm sorry." I didn't say that's that, uh, that's the last. That- Probably the, one of the last things that guy said because he dies very. Soon. Oh my god, that's right, yeah. and yeah, I think he does Buggy kill kills him. him still yeah. anyway, so he's Absolutely. ruthless. We see also like some characterization. He's like he's very confident. Like he feels like he is strong. You know, he's chilling in this. Like he came, took over the village, no problems. It seems like you know, very little resistance. Mm-hmm. Everyone dipped out when he came. He has a, a reputation. Nami tells Luffy like she's heard of him. Like you've never heard of Buggy the Clown, you know. So he's like he's kind of mm-hmm. up there at least in this section of the world. And he, his he's at least a local it. legend. Absolutely, he's at least a, a local legend because you don't sit in that throne on his ship like that, like a like a swag boss bitch, right. but without <laughs> earning it, right? So there's definitely some experience behind him. Even though like on the surface, if you're just looking at his face, he just looks like a clown with cross uh, cross. Uh, skull crossbones on his face tattooed or paint on his face doesn't seem that intimidating but that pose the way he sat with that confidence that's yeah why just his go, demeanor okay no this guy means business absolutely this guy means business also he likes knives yeah. which is always a <laughs> a combo with deadly uh deadly killer clowns they always have they always have knives as our weapon i noticed that Right. <laughs> Not with it, but I'm thinking like uh <laughs> the Yu-Gi-Oh card, Saggy the Dark Clown. Right. And then there's um Then there's also that one clown from Cabin in the Woods, he also had a knife as a weapon. I don't know, I always associate clowns with knives. Yeah, but Buggy is no difference. Right. So then uh like while Luffy and Nami are like just chilling in, in an abandoned house, she's telling him about Buggy, he's like super uninterested. You know, he's like, Oh, famous the famous pirate Nami is here, huh? Like She's like, no, that's my name. He's like, yeah, whatever. You know, he's just not interested. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then he finds out she's a navigator, and then he wants her to join. She finds out he's a pirate and no longer wants to and then, team up. Oh, my yeah. God. And then Luffy, being so honest, is completely deceived yeah, by Nami. Because like, then she, uh, as the opportunist, goes, I'll make a deal. Help me with this treasure. Confront Buggy. And I'll help you with this, right? I'll help you navigate or something. I forget what she offers him. But Luffy, she's she's going to join him, right? If he goes with her to see Buggy, yeah. And and to be fair, like in terms of a narrative approach, this completely makes sense because he used trust and honesty as a way to completely win Zoro's honesty right away, right? And that completely worked. He tried it again with Nami, and then he's hogtied and dragged to Buggy because Nami (laughs) ambushes him and goes, "Gotcha! I I I need to watch my for my own here, man. I got to look out for myself." Yeah, so she betrays him, ties him up, and instead tries to trade him, essentially, to join Buggy's crew, with the end goal still being to steal his treasure map of the Grand Line that she knows he has. The ultimate end goal, and to get away scot-free, yeah, because she realizes that she's in his territory. That's how I saw it. She's in his territory, so she needs to find a different approach. She has the map, but she knows that Buggy has the docks. He has the seas. So she needs to find a way to make, make friends with the crew and bide for the right time to steal the map at some other location. Maybe something that's not completely controlled by buggy and then hightail it. That's why I saw it. And again, this is why I like great introduction to this character. Cause I'm immediately going like, okay, this is a very clever character. It's yeah. a really smart character. And unfortunately for Luffy, he's not as clever. Yeah, definitely <laughs> not. So he gets put in a cage that he can't break out of though. He 
definitely tries. He tried to bite his he way through the iron lockers. I will give him props, dude. He tries so hard. Dude, there's actually, I noticed this this read-through. There's like a panel in there where he's like biting on the bar. And there's like actually some pretty good dents there's in there. There's actually dents. Like he's, he's actually almost yeah. through it. Like it's, <laughs> I'd never really caught that before. I was like, damn, he was actually I noticed doing that, it. I noticed that Biting the through the bar. Time, yeah. I noticed that the first time. But that was I'm really like, cool. man. Those man, that rubber durability from that devil fruit really gives your teeth durability too, <laughs> right. man. If you can bite that hard and get away with it, oh man. <laughs> Seriously. So then, like, to prove her loyalty to Buggy, quote unquote loyalty, Buggy oh, tells Nami God, to yeah. kill Luffy. Aims, he loads the cannon. Yep, one of those he crazy points the cannon at Luffy and goes, Kill your boss with my, you know, as we displayed earlier my vibranium steel buggy ball because we, earlier we saw luffy repel bullets from muskets or from firearms easily right yeah like it could have hurt maybe but luffy being you know confident maybe he just rubs it off because he's used to that kind of pain whatever right i don't know i don't know what he does in his off time yeah but- <laughs> i mean i guess you have to assume that at some point he was shot and it didn't attack him or hurt him but you know? yeah but without but that. without proper preparation because in this scenario he's not properly prepped he's tied up he's in a cage um, he can't repel this cannon efficiently. Not yet. We'll see that later. But right now, he's tied up. He's against his will. Um, also, actually, I just said Luffy's not that clever. Is this... I'm thinking about it now. Is this part of his combat tactics intelligence? Maybe he didn't want to reveal right away that he had uh, devil powers. Because yeah, otherwise, maybe. he would have been like, yeah, let me just shoot me. I don't care. Or he might have just been kind of betting, like on seeing through her facade, knowing that she wouldn't kill him either. Or, or he knew that Zoro was going to come, you know, like you can chalk it up to any number of things, really. He okay, now Zoro, I feel like I could dissect the scene more. Holy He's shit. He's keeping okay. his like cool in or, some way. Or was he doing the Kobe tactic where he's pretending to, you know, that, oh shit. Yeah, to, to reinforce that. Oh, the facade. She's going to kill me. Oh my God, I gotta escape. But in reality, he totally could just repel the cannon and repel back and possibly kill Nami, which is probably why he also didn't do that either. Right. Cause repel he, he can't, right back I don't think her. he really aims his deflections. They just kind of bounce off him. Yeah. They just, they just, they just go right back where they came from. Um, but yeah, it could either be that it could either just be, he was just, he wanted to hold his cards close to his chest and not reveal them until he was in a better scenario where he could actually fight. Right. Because otherwise he would just be realized, Oh, he, we can't kill him with a cannonball. All right. Just toss him over, drown him. He's dead. Yeah, because we kind of talked about it last episode, too, like, how good Luffy is, like, in combat and how, like, his moves make so much sense. He really is, like, kind yeah. of that Goku archetype of really dumb but really good yeah, in battle. Yeah, the, the, shonen, the shonen hero trait of uh, being intelligent in combat. Yeah. What, but not just because, oh, I'm so strong, I can, I can either swing this sword and cut something in two, or I can fire this key blast and it's super powerful. It's like, no, we're actually seeing a bit more in-depth thinking. Right where it's it's not the most uncommon thing in shonen but when you do see it it is so good when you actually see that happening we'll see that actually happen later but right now we're either giving luffy too much credit or you know there is something deeper in there but the cool thing about the scene in the end maybe we're maybe we're overdoing it a little bit but luffy is definitely like when it comes to fighting and like you know avoiding like his own death he's a pro (laughs) yeah but either way, I think the, the brilliant thing about the scene that we can agree on is because there's more than one possible way you can explain this scene without ruining the characters or the story, that proves it's a good scene. Yes. Because whether you think it's 
Luffy being intelligent and trying to not reveal he's a rubber uh, demon uh, right away. That could be one possibility. Two, he doesn't want to do that because he's afraid of killing Nami, and he still trusts her even though she tied him up. That could be two. Or three, just he's in a cage and he needs more room. He wants to find a better scenario. Like any of these scenarios so, is, looks good wait, for Luffy. Yeah, as we continue on a little bit, I'll <laughs> come back to this. I do have something to say that for a little bit later. But right now, Nami okay. does not kill him. She instead starts fighting them because we see that she has her own little sort of code of conduct where she, she refuses co- to she stoop to the level fighting. of a yep. pirate. Like what she thinks, you know, bad quote unquote mm-hmm. pirates. She just won't do it. It's like, yeah. I'm not going to kill anyone. I'm not going to be it's like not, them. It's not just deceit. It's not just intrigue. It's not just charisma. She's actually a fighter, too. I, m- I remember that earlier where I was she, saying that my first instinct was, I don't know if she's physically capable of fighting, but she is incredibly intelligent. But now we're like, okay, she can actually fight. Yeah, she's, she's not, uh, she's not she's Zorro. Not as, <laughs> she's not as good as Zorro. She's not Zorro. She's absolutely not Zorro. She's not, like, the greatest swordsman in the world. But she's not a grunt, but either. She can, but because she has that element of surprise of, like, oh, I'm this frail little girl, oh, God. Actually, that's not true. She's not. She doesn't have like the same youthy look where she's like that. Fra- the uh, like the innocent little girl. It's more like, oh, I'm a frail, helpless girl in this, you know, in piracy territory. Oh gosh, please help me. Oh, masculine pirates. It's more like they think of her as that, but then then she gets the staff out, right, and then knocks some teeth in, and then goes, okay, I can't deceive my way out of this. Okay, now I got to find a way to tactically retreat. But it's not her strongest suit, and she knows it. That's why when she's actually fighting, she's tense. She's not confident anymore. Yeah, and she's getting overpowered here. She's about to probably die when our boy Zoro saves the day. <laughs> he comes in. How does how does he get on the boat again? I forget exactly. What do you mean? Does he just... I forget how Zoro gets on the boat, because I know that he gets on land eventually with the crew members. Yeah, they're, they're on land get... still. They're like in they're a plaza kind of thing, remember? Oh, okay, I wasn't They're sure if town, he yeah. also just jumped in onto the boat from above or if he just walked on and just was able to do something right away. No, no, yeah, at this point, they're not on a boat. They're just in the town, like, square, I think. Okay, because we're just, we're mentioning that Zoro does come in eventually to assist because he finds uh, Luffy on the boat. Right, because he has, because uh, Buggy's boat. crewmates are steering the boat. They bring him back to this island, coming back to their captain. Yeah. And therefore, Zoro gets there too. He arrives just in time. He takes out five of Buggy's crewmates in one attack as he comes in, which is, it was just awesome. A really great entrance oh, yeah. for this little fight. Oh, yeah. And then Buggy steps up. He's like, all right, I got this. Y'all can't take the pirate yeah. under Zoro. And then Zoro does the thing where it's like, I'm going to fight this guy one-on-one. You saw me take out eight guys at once, five guys at once. This guy is a captain, sure, but one-on-one, I got this. Like, he's got the confidence. Yeah, and he, the, does, he does not play around. <laughs> he does a crazy attack and immediately slices off his head. His leg, his arm, with three swords at once. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah, I thought that was that awesome. Was he cut him literally into game, four game pieces. Over. All three yeah, of the pop- swords cut completely through him. Yeah, game That's over. Zoro's great. Strength. <laughs> subverting, expect- subverting expectations. Buggy's dead. It's going to rescue the... Oh, wait. Oh, devil fruit. There's a knife in his gut. And now we learn, yeah, there's more than and one devil fruit. hand holding a knife. <laughs> and you realize, oh, he wasn't cut into pieces he detached at the right times at the right time to make it look like he got cut and well i think more yeah, and he, he does was able get to... cut but he is immune to cutting in like the same way that luffy's immune to like physical stuff because his fruit is like the Wait, top chop fruit. is that actually is that actually the case because i interpret it as he just detached at the perfect time uh, it could be i honestly can't say <laughs> 
it could it could go either way. I mean, I don't yeah. think it established that uh, that buggy is immune to gunshots, like you said. So that is a fair interpretation. But the way I just saw it was that he was so um, just you know an experienced pirate captain that he was like, yeah. oh no, a swordsman. That's also a good yeah, interpretation. He got me, uh, and then just shake him in the back. Which that would honestly put a little more skill in Buggy's court too, if he cut himself like in the exact spot that Zora was going to cut him, would mm-hmm. be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and then right away, oh, especially with this arc in particular, it was a, a nice reinforcement that pirates do not fight fair. Yeah, like maybe <laughs> some characters like Zoro or Luffy will will imagine a fair fight, but these are pirates; they do not fight fair. Uh, Buggy pretends to be dead, you know, feigns death. Oh no, bleh, you got me. Oh, great swordsman. Shank in the back. All right, and then I and, think they pretty much decided the time to skip, on, right? Yeah. Like, we got to get out of here. Zoro's injured, but Luffy's still in this really heavy, like, stone slabbed cage. And I was a little confused by this. Like, I know <laughs> Zoro is everyone's favorite. I'm pretty sure he is. Is he really that strong? Uh, apparently, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even though, like, he's got a cut in his side, he lifts this freaking cage with Luffy in it over his head. And, like, and he had such a out, cool line I, there. Yeah, I want to point out, Nami is not assisting in any way. Zoro is, like, almost one-handing this. Yeah. Or, like, <laughs> yeah. single-shotting by himself. While his wound, they sh- he shows this, too, in the art. There's more blood squirting out from his wound because he's putting pressure yeah, on his body. Luffy's like, his dude, your guts are going to squirt out. He's like, I'll just push him back in. <laughs> I'll do I'm it. Like, okay, but, yeah, we're sticking with the badass uh, demeanor. Mm-hmm. But with what I just said, that was my initial reaction. They immediately fixed it when he gets not far, collapses, and then just goes, five minute break. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just it's like In the middle just, of the street, drops Luffy and passes it, out. And it reinforces what we said earlier. It's the tough guy facade that Zoro loves to put on. He has this like mentality that he has to appear to be the most badass pirate. Uh, sorry, this badass bounty hunter, Bubba Fett, Batman hybrid guy in the world that knows three swords at once. But when it comes down to shove, he, it's it's I'm, I he, uh, dead or not sorry not dead collapse <laughs> just exhaustion yeah five minute breaks guys five minute not break. have been so much as like a, a facade it's just like he has to live up to his own expectations of himself and he, he's always trying to do that it feels like you know what I mean like that you said in his too. introduction or, like I'll never I've never done anything I regret and I don't ever intend to because like if he just left That's Luffy fair. there he definitely would have regretted that after he's like sworn his allegiance to him as his captain so even at in the same way that Luffy will give up his life in the pursuit of being the pirate king. Zoro would do the same, like, you know, on his journey. Like, if I die, then I die, but I'm going to try my best. Is it a bit of a stretch to say, now that you put it that way, that Zoro is now a... This is going to sound like quite a bit of a stretch, but it's giving me Rock Lee vibes, where he seems like he will do... He will go 100% to the end until he physically collapses. Yeah, in that regard, definitely. In that that iron mentality mindset. Yeah. So it's not so much as that, okay, I'm going to have to work on this. Because I originally saw this as, he is a tough guy, but the facade is that he wants to be like Superman. But in reality, he's more like Batman. But actually, in that case, it, even, it still makes sense. Because Batman's still fucking yeah, still tough, sense. OP, superhuman. But he wants to be seen and uh, observed, perceived as a Superman. Right. As he is a superhero. He's invincible. I can carry this cage with a bleeding wound all the way to the end. Watch me. I got, hey, I got pretty far, though. <laughs> yeah. 
I got, I, least, I got Luffy out of there as far as I could. You know, I've done as much as I can. That's that's all. That's satisfaction. You know. Yeah, good enough. But I do like it though that even though he does collapse, uh, I think Nami was the one that called him out on and like, like, dude, like, wh- why did you even bother? You didn't get that far. <laughs> The middle of the street's the best hiding place. You guys, yeah, the middle of the street is that the best hiding space? You guys, <laughs> weirdo. Yeah, like we don't have a lot of options here, so yeah. <laughs> and then we get to the pursuit from. Uh... Oh well, no, no, no. We get to Chocho, the dog. Actually, <sighs> this is the closest I've got. I got. I, I didn't. I didn't Almost get teary. Yeah. <laughs> I. I felt. I. This is the and this is chapter. I have my notes. Chapter thirteen. I chapter 13 already this series has me going okay I feel a tiny bit of a tear build up no actual yeah. water guys right but you're at that one stage before that I felt that when they explained not sorry when they did not when they explained what Choji was doing sorry ch- not Choji Cho-cho. oh my god <laughs> Chocho yeah, I'm Cho-cho. sorry we're t- we were talking about Rockley so I had yeah, Naruto I mindset <laughs> uh, I need to purge that from my thoughts um but Chocho, not just his backstory, but his efforts and what he does, the actions to reinforce that backstory. And I did hear about this, of that Oda is very good at giving backstories to side characters that, even in this case, can't talk. Yeah, it's a dog. Not the like, <laughs> It's a dog. I love dogs. Same. I love pets. I love cats. And this dog is a good boy. Okay? The best. The oh, best of boys. I did, I, the best boy. I didn't write it down, but I remember this. Um, is... When the cage is next to the shop and the dog just has that deadpan guardian face looking at Luffy. And then Luffy pokes at the dog going, is this dog dead or something like that? He pokes yeah. him in the eye or something. Chocho then bites Luffy. Or I forget what he does. I think he bites Luffy. Yeah, bites but then his I, finger, think I think Luffy starts strangling the dog. Yeah, and then like we have fighting. like this Tom and Jerry. <laughs> we have yeah. like this Looney Tunes Tom and Jerry moment. I fucking yeah, love yeah. It's it. Yeah, like a cloud of smoke and they're like in the back, like their heads sticking out and like they're fighting. And yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, that, really fun yeah that definitely made, made me laugh out loud. I'm very impressed with the humor that this series has shown me so far because that made me actually laugh out loud when I saw this Luffy strangling a dog. And their eyes being gouged out. Yeah, like oh, popping so out of hilarious. his head, like, like strangled. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> and so what Chocho yes. does here as the protector of a pet shop where his owner died a couple months back, we learned from the mayor. He mm-hmm. kind of reinforces that theme of like treasure that you were talking about as to like where Nami yep. and Buggy are both focused on physical treasure like nami's trying to get like she wants 100 million berries buggy says he wants all the world's treasure like no one else can have it it's going to be all mine and then like luffy is like this is my hat no there's no jewels and treasure choto's like this is my pet shop these are our treasures you know so it's like we get that dynamic the kind of whole theme is about like what's important to you i think in this arc and to a lesser extent but the same motif the mayor. This is his town. Yes. This is yeah, his totally. That's this is point. my history. This is my home. So they're running that theme into the ground, and it really does kind of, uh, kind of foreshadow because we did these recordings back to back, arc one, arc two, for reference. So that's why if you listen to chapter one discussion or sorry, arc one discussion, mm-hmm. I kind of know what happens in the next arc. But in this case, I don't know what happens at this point on. And so what this is telling me is this foreshadowing, this beaten into the ground of like personal treasure, yet Nami, this new crew member, is all about the money, all about the money. Um, 
what I'm thinking is she doesn't quite understand the the understanding of personal person not like again like I guess personal treasure if we're gonna go with a right she doesn't quite understand it yet but we do learn that again I don't remember if she, if she does state in this arc that she wants to buy a town I don't remember that okay but if she does then that tells me that that t- that does tell me that I think her initial reason is because she wants to run the place but maybe because she had a history there growing up or something maybe it was affected by a pirate that killed the one she cared about but now she's probably wanting to do that as like as a character growth later on this is a foreshadow um this is a foreshadow guess i'm making a prediction that she's it's gonna mold into I want to buy this town because it is my home. The same way that this okay. mayor just has confirming that I didn't spoil you. She does in fact say I'm going. I've got to get a hundred million berries. Then I'm going to buy a certain village. And that's in okay. She does nine. say that. Okay, okay. I missed that then. I just saw the hundred million. I was like, oh, damn okay. it. <laughs> okay, no. I'm glad <laughs> it was in there. Okay, okay, okay. But okay, so that was my part missing it. But um, yeah, that's okay. Why I'm here. But, but yeah, just. <laughs> But just, yeah, just rephrase what um, my prediction is. She wants to buy the village originally, like pre-chapter 8 Nami. She wanted to buy the village because she just wanted to buy the town so she can run it. Okay. Because maybe that was like a deal that her and her friend had. But she doesn't quite have that in-depth philosophy of wanting to uh, run it that way. But long story short, uh, prediction, Nami's going to get some serious character development characterization in the future i don't think this is going to be her character at this point i think she's going to have some serious self uh self realization going forward in terms of like value and what it means not just purely monetary but you know actual connection yeah um what that is exactly i don't know it could be the home that she wants to buy not because not anymore because she just wants to run it but because it's her home or I don't know. Or maybe just drop the fact that she doesn't want to just steal everything anymore. Maybe she wants to use her tactics to steal, but for better gains, better fields. I don't know. Yeah, I but like it. That's, that's, Keep that's reading. Yeah. There's, 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 there's something obviously going on because it's a character introduction to this arc. And this is the heavy motif going through. And especially because, again, jumping the shark here a little bit. Or, sorry, not jumping the shark, but going to the end here. That when Nami does join Zoro and Luffy... She establishes she's not a member of the crew. She's a partner. Right. So she's not completely on board yet. Yeah. So that tells me there has to be some big character moment in the future or another arc. Maybe it's 500 chapters from now. Hopefully not. But there's going to be a moment where she finally understands and is willingly able to join the crew as a crew member. I hope I got that out. That's a newbie. (laughs) I hope I got that out. That sounds like a pretty good prediction. (laughs) Can't deny that. All right. Hopefully so. Hopefully it doesn't take 500 chapters. Sorry, for those who don't realize, I am traumatized still by reading Bleach and Naruto as my first big-time manga. Um, they were good when they started, but boy, their pacing and overall quality dipped as they went on and on. I agree with that but, as well. Yeah, I'm just hoping it doesn't take as long. But um, So then we're uh, like in the middle of the street, right? Luffy's in the cage and Zoro went inside of a house to rest because he just got stabbed by Buggy. He's in the mayor's house. Yeah, he's in the mayor's house. The mayor took him away because we're, we're going to get a fight scene. Right, here. right, right. He takes him away um, to safety. And oh, I have here on my notes. I have one line of notes here. Moji is a cunt. 
Okay, uh, let's the, talk about this. Moji the Lion Tamer, the, as he is called. The Lion Tamer. Riding a he huge lion, as the, he appears. <laughs> the, the first mate of Captain Buggy, right? The first mate or the second mate? Second mate? He's up there. Yeah, what, he, what he's the first or second. And the acrobat that fights is the other. He has he has a natural mane for his hair. I think he's the second <laughs> mate. I think Kabaji, the acrobat, is the first mate. Yeah, I have their names written down. Kabaji is the acrobat, but the person I'm talking about here is Moji. He's the one that right. confronts uh, Nami, Luffy, and uh, Chocho, and the mayor. Oh, no, the mayor's not here. He took Zoro away. Um, he's trying to get back, because I think, again, Nami kept the map again. She took something. Yeah, I'm not, I I'm not for 100% sure, but he's come in Listen. and he asks for like where Zoro is, right? Yeah, yeah, listen, Nami just likes to take things and gets her in trouble. <laughs> so, in this case, Moji or Maji, he's coming in, he's trying to get back. Maybe just revenge, right? Yeah, Maybe just I think, uh, like, I think based on that previous interaction, Buggy got the impression that Nami and Luffy were both, like, under Zoro, kind of, as, like, the pirate hunter that came to... For oh, we completely right? skipped yeah, we, why we Buggy is that. pissed. We forgot about that. Not oh, just because shit. they escaped... Because Zoro did a incredibly badass thing of after he was able to fend off one of Buggy's parts, I think, Nami is able to stop the the string or like the light the lit fuse from the cannon oh, from right. firing. Zoro Luffy. flipped the cannon on them. Zoro flips That's the entire fucking okay. yeah, cannon. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> and then Nami lights it. And again, there's that this little thing of teamwork going on here. So yeah. even though she's not the most trustworthy, she is opportunist. She does see this as the best course of action. So she lights it back up. I think it's her lighting it back up. And Buggy doing the, you know, the the great one piece Reaction, shocked expression. Yeah. Oh my fucking the god. And then face. they blow a <laughs> hole. Yeah. And they yeah. The oh shit the oh shit face. They blow a hole in the side of the ship. Not like uh, uh, not at like at the hull where it makes it sink, but like on the top so it ruins the look. Right. Um Buggy's pissed. He sends uh Maji or Moji out to get him. And the reason why I have here written as notes, Moji is a cunt. I'm sorry if that word offends you. It's a strong word, I know. But trust me, this guy deserves it. And the reason why Chocho is best boy, best dog. Yeah, so, okay? so we got a really good, quick, cool moment, right? Luffy's like, nope, not going to tell you where Zoro is, even though he's in a pretty disadvantageous position with a yeah, giant in lion a cage in front still. of him. And he's stuck <laughs> in a cage. And Moji is obviously pissed about that. So he has his lion bite the cage. And, like, with, I guess, mm -hmm. really fast reflexes, while the cage is collapsing, Luffy maneuvers his way out and dodges the bite, which is, it was just a cool little moment. The, oh, right, because, yeah, because they're trying to get the key to open that cage. That Chocho ate, and, yeah. Oh, that's why, <laughs> okay, that's, yeah, why that's why Luffy why was choking fighting. Chocho, because right. the dog ate the key. Didn't we, didn't I remember that? that now. Okay, he ate the key. He ate the key. And that's why he was choking him, because he wanted to cough it back out. Right. That's why I remember. Okay, that's why. Right, so but he gets out way. without the key, because the escapes. lion, yeah. like... Has a really powerful jaws, pretty nasty bite. He escapes. Yes. Yeah, he escapes. <laughs> and then the the lion eventually, I forget the course of action eventually, but the lion sniffs something. And Moji goes, I'm just saying Moji. Uh, Moji just goes, all right, fine, quick bite. And he looks at the shop, the one that Chocho is defending. And we we just learned, tragically, or no, wait, no, we learned during the fight, right? Not before this. We get a more detailed background of Cho of Chow Chow or Chocho. Yeah. We've gotten Chocho's background about his owner. Yeah, of like all the memories of the shop where you have like the good memory, the bad memories, the mixed memories. But while it's going on, Chocho is trying to fight this lion and it's a fucking lion, a trained lion. He's 
beating the shit out of Chocho. And he's getting wounded more and more and bloody. And I'm just going, please, it's just a dog. It's an old dog. Stop. Yeah. And Chocho, like, uh, he's the type of, quote unquote, like, person that Luffy, like, really likes. Like, we were talking about based on the previous arc. You know, like, someone that'll fight to protect, like, their treasure and their, like, dreams. You know, which is the shop for Chocho. And he's going after this huge lion, a little dog. Yeah, this this ongoing overarching trait arc of 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 motif of loyalty. Yes, of this dog showing loyalty to the past, uh, his past owner, his past father figure. Yeah, the, well the said. Guy who owned the shop, and he's unab- he's unabashedly he knows he can't beat him, but the dog is still putting up a fight. Yep, still and trying. I'm thinking because as the tears are almost building, and I'm still going, and I'm going. This is a good dog. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> the same. The best dog. Yeah, like the same general idea of like what Zora was doing, right? Like he probably can't actually get Luffy away, but he's gonna try anyways. You know, to lift that cage and get Luffy mm-hmm. out of there. And that's also, and that's why Luffy, you know, the dog earns Luffy's respect, even though it's a dog, because this dog has a passion, a dream, a goal, yes. a promise to keep. And thus, we get the most righteous of retribution <laughs> from Luffy. Because he's mad that they burned this guy, the dog's pet shop down. Oh, that was the worst part. And thus, we yeah, got to the previous the quote down. of Moji being a cunt. <laughs> oh, he burns down the shop and the dog is crying as he's barking yeah, at the store. Uh, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> but man, the gum gum like gavel. That Luffy did oh, on the lion. So yes. cool. He like swirls his okay, arms wait, together. To, be, you know? to like, be fair, to be fair, the lion is a tool in this case. The lion yeah, isn't yeah, the yeah. cunt in this case. Yeah. To I be agree. fair. But Moji gets what's coming to him. Oh yeah. And eats it. It's two attacks, so two hard. KOs in this little fight. One attack on the lion, <sighs> which like I think that attack is really cool. Like he twists his arms like around oh. each other. Oh, the attack was fantastic. Him. So he's like spinning him while he overhead like kind of suplexes him into the ground and he's like spinning hella fast, getting dizzy while it's happening. It's like a double whammy. We're talking Yeah, we're talking super Looney Tunes here and I am super on board with that. Just get get creative with your overpowers. Just go go, go a little nuts. It's more entertaining that way. And that was really entertaining. But regardless, he, Moji doesn't die, but that's fine. He gets right. humiliated. One, then is, after that, yeah. Not even a named attack, crew. Luffy just punches him. One punch, and he's yeah. out. <laughs> One punch. Not that same caliber, because he doesn't die. But he does get humiliated. And on Captain Buggy's crew, that's a fate almost as bad as death. Right. But it is done in a very comedic way, I will admit. Where they, I forget how he perceives it, but I think it's because he uh, is trying to mutter to talk and he says like rub, rub or something like that. And then Captain Buggy is going, oh my God, this guy was defeated by an amazing rubbing technique. Oh my God, there's a master masseuse in town yeah, somewhere. He's a, a rub, rub man. Like rub, rub. Man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, yeah this master that. masseuse. We can't have this bad. If this grip, if this reputation got out that you were defeated by a massive rubbing technique our our reputation will be ruined i think it's a bit of a sexual joke going on there yeah, that, was, that was funny i like that joke and then eventually yeah and then the crew leaves and then he finally mutters whispers rubber man 
<laughs> also, <laughs> that other, there was leave. one other like little comedy moment that we kind of failed to mention. Like when Moji first shows up, like when Luffy's in the cage, he's like, I can tame any animal. He's like, dog, sit, and just bites his finger. And he's like, ah! Oh, and then he I, just I, totally ignores oh. it and pretends like it didn't happen. Like, I really like that, oh, too. Okay. I really hate that I missed that. Oh, I yeah. Think that's I, a really I, funny I think moment. I missed that. I'm not the best reader, I'll be honest, when it comes to scanning everything, but that's why I'm glad that you're here to help me em- envelop all this That, correctly. like, the part about the biting, that. like, you know, it's okay, but, like, just the fact that Moji completely ignored it afterwards, just pretending like it didn't happen at all, that part, like, made me oh, laugh. Oh, okay, <laughs> like, oh, the, oh, God, that's even more yeah, the fact that it was great. Asshole. God. So, I, I'm guessing that the, the title will be well-deserved later on in the series, maybe, but as of right now, Moji has the title... Of cunt. He is the biggest one <laughs> yeah. so far. In my eyes. Ooh, I think so Helmeppo's got him beat, man. Helmeppo is a good second place, man. It's cl- it's a close race so far, yeah. Yeah, but I have a bias more towards dogs than little children. I love dogs more. Right. And Moji just went all in on disrespecting that dog and that shop. Oh, which quiet comes full circle when after Luffy decks him. He finds one half a box left over of the shop and gives it to Chocho. That, and that, 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 that made me, okay, that won, that won my heart. That made me love Luffy. I go, okay, Luffy, you're not bad. Yep, you were real well, Luffy. Yeah, it doesn't mean much, but he understands the meaning of personal treasure. It's, it even says it's not much, but you got this. Yeah, The dog something. takes it, he looks back, and and obviously these two had a very very rough introduction after all they had that looney tunes tom and jerry choke out moment with the eyes gouging out and everything but the dog looks back gives an acknowledging bark walks away with the box and i thought that's a great way I, at least at first i thought a great way to end that chocho at first i thought we were gonna be done with that character but that's a little later but fantastic moment and i thought that, that made me win that made luffy win my heart i was like all right luffy you're good you're cool you're not just a funny guy you're actually a good guy yeah, and so then from here on, the rest of the arc is pretty much the fight, the confrontation with Buddy. It is a and his big crew. fight. Big fight. We get the mayor finally going out with his version of the of the the motif of the arc of protecting the town at all costs. You know, he's an older dude. He's got like an oversized uh, armor breastplate that's mm-hmm. way too big for him. Um, it looks like a like a Spanish armor, but either way. Um, it just is oversized, but he's clearly outmatched. It's that, again, I, I don't know if this is going to be a running motif for the whole series, but for the for these first two arcs, it's very big on showing these small characters that are obviously much weaker and outmatched, but they're constantly doing their um, their best impression of Moomin Rider from One Punch Man. <laughs> they're yeah, doing their very their best, best impression of cost, but doing because they believe in what they're doing. In. So, And I'm a sucker for feel-good motifs like that that's why i'm a huge fan of my hero academia so that gets me pretty good i'm like all right like boodle i think yeah i wrote down mayor boodle you're not bad yeah and then uh this is where we see like as you mentioned earlier that luffy can in fact deflect cannonballs <laughs> buggy tries to shoot a buggy ball at him he does the gum gum balloon like he takes a really big inhale inflates his stomach deflects it right back which is a really cool move <laughs> and it goes like a kind of a long way to show like all of Luffy's like different techniques and versatility as well, you know? 
Yeah, showing off his true power, right? Because now he's in the open, and we again get the vibranium material boogie ball pointing directly at Luffy, and Luffy shows off a technique that he can do, which makes perfect sense because he blocked bullets earlier. But if he wants to block a cannonball, he needs to inflate himself, give himself more air, I guess, to make the rubber expand. And then he can repel even a buggy ball. Yeah. So, yeah, but to con- Luffy being versatile with his ability, showing off that, you know, he's being creative with his abilities, not just a random key blast. There's time and place for it all, but he's a bit creative. He can extend himself. He can repel cannonballs as well as bullets, but he just needs a little bit of prep time. So it reinforces what we were theorizing of like, why didn't he just do that when he was in the cage earlier? And it's like, well, he was tied up. He was in the cage. He needs some more space. But also the character moments too. But this 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 part reinforces that theory in particular. But either way, he's being creative. Yeah, we kind of get to see that it's not really about just like throwing stronger key blasts at your opponent. It's more like, how can you use your power to defeat their power mm-hmm. or even defeat their power if you don't have a power kind of deal? Oh, especially in the next fight Luffy gets in in this very arc. Um, what was what was it with Moji where they eventually because eventually because he repels the cannonball, they didn't realize he was a rubber man, right? Right, because um, Moji like tried to tell them earlier, right? Kind of like we were talking yeah. about rubber man, rubber man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then like Buggy was so mad that Moji didn't tell right. him that he throws him at him, and Luffy hits him with that like <laughs> amazing cross kick. Hey. Any blow against Moji gets a thumbs up to me, man. Any blow, like, you know what, Buggy? You're not so bad. You you're willing to throw your at crew member to the wind. That's that to, to the dogs. That's fine by me. Yeah, and just what a what a kick, man. What a kick. Oh, absolutely. But now we get to the reinforcement again of pirates do not play fair. Do not play. Do not fight fair. There's no honor system in this. And that's when Zoro, who is still clearly wounded, um still bleeding from the side but being the cool badass greatest swordsman uh goal that goal uh God. Bleh. 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 Yeah, the guy with the gold becoming the greatest swordsman <laughs> thank you the guy the goal with the greatest swordsman he has to act the part too so he's bleeding from the side but he's like you know what i could totally do this and he comes against kabaji, kabaji yeah kabaji the acrobat and to reinforce i i wish i wrote down exactly what i did because i just wrote down kabaji fights dirty but he throws dirt. He kicks Zoro in the wound. Like, if he sees a weakness, he's going to exploit it. Yeah, like, uh, Kabazi was targeting the weakness the whole time. But like Zoro said in the beginning of the fight, he can still overcome exactly. that. Exactly. Like, Nami was uh, yelling at Luffy, like, you're just going to let him be beaten like this one-on-one? And Luffy's not interfering because it's like, well, Zoro wants this. I'm just going to, because he's my friend, I'm going to let him do it. Exactly. Like, I don't agree with it, but I like it. Because he has that, he, he has a slight concerned face. Um... But then as soon as, like you said, as soon as Buggy comes in and interferes, Luffy jumps in and really fights Buggy and goes, uh-uh, one-on-one. Get that shit out of here. <laughs> yeah, uh, because, like, Luffy knows, like, he understands Zoro, like we said in our first episode. And since Zoro said, like, if you call yourself a swordsman, I must defeat you. So, therefore, he has to win it alone. Yeah, that's his his that his promise, his code. Where to prove that he's a great swordsman, anyone who wields a sword and calls himself a swordsman in any way, whether they're dirty or unofficial, he will fight them and prove that he's better than them. And boy, does he. Oh, yeah. This guy gets beaten all throughout. And I think Kabaji's taunting him going like, you call yourself the greatest swordsman. And I think Zoro counters after he gets a second wind and goes, yeah, because if that's the best you got being dirty, 
then yeah, I'm quite confident. Or something like he's got like this like big dick attitude once he gets a second wind after Kabaji, uh, sorry, when Buggy gets separated after he has to interfere. And then Zoro gets completely confident and proves himself to be a true edgelord. I wrote down here, Zoro's edgelord of bleeding, confident, going, this is the best you got. The hell are you talking about? And we see Zoro has a move of his own. I think he didn't have a move when he defeated Morgan, but he actually says Onigiri or proclaims Onigiri and just slices up Kabaji down in one, like, you know, true samurai anime move where he dashes and like all at once guy falls dead and i'm like yeah that's zoro which we didn't even mention that zoro further injured himself he did he kicked he had to prove it he pulled it kylo ren or kylo ren pulled a zoro where he's punching himself or stabbing himself in the wound to get that blood flowing yeah like let me give you an even bigger handicap and see if that's enough it was not enough like it reminds me of like Kylo Ren from Star Wars: The Force Awakens. It reminds me of a uh, uh, Ken Pachi from Bleach, oh, yeah. the big guy with the bells in his hair. Mm-hmm. Those who know Bleach, where they handicap themselves to give themselves a more fundamental fight. Zoro, in this case, he wants to do a handicap so that he can further proclaim, "See, I am the best," because I had a handicap. You fought dirty. I still kicked your ass. One, two, three. Yeah, but Zoro's just like, no, I'm going to give you an even bigger reason why you should have won. Yeah, he's taunting him. Yeah, and I'm still going to win. Yeah. And I will have an even better reason of how I kicked your ass. But again, the best part, because it's not exactly quite the facade of the tough guy, as we kind of dismantled earlier. But the fact that he's a Batman, not Superman. Once he beats him, he just collapses and goes, and now for a five minute break. (laughs) Just collapses to sleep. (laughs) Because of blood loss, he's exhausted. He did the tough guy thing. He did the, the the swordsman thing. He kept them down. And then he's like, all right, he's dead. All right, cool. Later. <laughs> Just passes out. Yeah, that move he used was called Onigiri, which translated to like Demon Slash. But it's also like the name for a rice ball, Onigiri. I did not know that. No, I think there was a note mentioned there what the name meant. But honestly, I kind of glossed over that, to be honest. Sorry. That's all good. <laughs> okay, but it had a little pun on the rice balls. That's nice. Um, little shout out to the, the girl who gave him the little extra room. Yeah, and I just love the idea that, like, as you're getting cut down, you just hear the guy go, like, rice ball. Rice balls, <laughs> motherfucker. And then while you're dying, you're, yeah, while you're dying, you're just like, did, did he just say rice ball? Yeah, while you're collapsing and your life is fading from your from your eyes, you're collapsing, you're just going, I think I missed something back there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you die confused rather than satisfied. <laughs> Truly the most mediocre of deaths. <laughs> Um, but yeah, once he cuts him down, oh, another pre-chapter note, chapter 17, pre-chapter penguin crew drawing Nami offered a fish. Oh, penguin. Yeah. They're, they're interacting with a penguin crew and then Nami is offered a fish. I just wrote that down because again, these little scenarios are like really fun. I was told to pay attention to them. So I don't know if it means anything. Yeah. Just, just keep doing that. Yeah. Penguins are great. So I'm going to keep, uh, giving acknowledgement to the penguins um but yeah the next couple of chapters are i wrote down a lot more notes just from combat uh, perspective like the shonen combat perspective because when fights get creative with these character superpowered characters powers i get really hooked because then i go oh let's see how actually fun and creative this can be so off screen i'll re-, re bring it up here 
Um, I mentioned to you in My Hero Academia, my, one of my favorite arcs was the festival arc. And I remember you going, I didn't like that one that much. But a part of the reason why I did like the festival arc in that case was because we had um, Gentleman and his air quirk where he can make these uh, barriers in the air. And that fight, although the anime was not quite as high budget as the overhaul arc, it was very creative where when the main character Deku learns, okay, he can make these barriers and they stay there and they last this long. I can, you know, I can use this to my advantage and send air blasts to repel and actually hit him against his will, like using his quirk against them. Yeah, yeah, like uh, we kind of mentioned that earlier, right? It's more about like how you use your tool set to win. Yeah, because uh, a common misconception is the in reality, the best fighters are those who just are constantly the strongest and know everything. It's like, no, it's about mastering the few creative talents you have, but you master them to an extent. I think it was Bruce Lee who said, I don't fear the man who has practiced a 10,000 kicks. I fear the man that has practiced 10,000, uh, one kick 10,000 times. I fear that one. So in this case, we're seeing, okay, Luffy has his rubber techniques. Buggy has his chop chop techniques. Not the best name, but it's this thing. And we're getting these very creative moments where ugh, I can't describe exactly because but it was all visual but it was basically chop uh buggy just sending out different limbs at different points where he's sending out all these knives out in different spots like if he was doing like a hell zone grenade from piccolo where he's like all around luffy and sending him in all at once but with knives and luffy he's like oh you're surrounded now and luffy goes nah -uh. he outstretches his arm on a on a pole or a post and drags himself away and i think while he's doing it he's trying to fling a kick or throw something at buggy, but buggy detaches his head at the right time. And then you have this stance where they're looking down at each other um, while they're talking. But if you took away the speech bubble and they're just staring down each other, it's almost like, okay, that was round one. They got a sneak peek. Now they're formulating a next plan round two. Oh yeah. And it was such a good, it wasn't like, you know, like one, it wasn't like the Zoro shot where he's blocking eight swords at once, but it was a small moment where I went, that's actually a really good shot where you have buggy, and Luffy staring down each other after that first round of attacks. No blows are done. No one's hurt. No one's damaged. But, like, you know, attacks were thrown. But they got a little bit of a better idea. Like, okay, now I know what you can do. Okay, now I know what you can do. Now it's next. And then, dude, Buggy did the wrong thing. Oh, yeah, he did. He, <laughs> he cut the straw hat. And then he pierced it with three different knives skewering it mm -hmm. at the above yeah and that's when we learn i think that buggy has a connection to shanks because like he probably recognized the hat and he said shanks is his like self-proclaimed rival that was yes the big surprise of why he also wanted to inflict extra damage on the straw hat when he realized oh it's his well then fuck this and then we get this such it's, a, it's actually a great backstory because it shows how petty and pathetic buggy is where he was he was you know he was being a pirate he was able to steal Yep, they had a very funny fight where they're saying North Pole, South Pole, and then the captain's like, "Dude, it doesn't fucking matter which pole is colder. You guys are idiots." <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little funny moment, but the main thing was just Buggy being a pirate. Just he was able to steal a map to I forget what treasure map it was. I think it was just default treasure, or was it actually like a Grand Line map? Do you remember? I, I believe it's a map of the Grand Line. Yeah. Okay, it was a Which Grand Line map. Which may be okay. uh, the same because one I know that, that Nami map... stole later, right? I 
I don't know because he kind of drops it in the water. Maybe. Oh um, yeah. I actually didn't quite connect that myself. No, no, no. I think you're right. I think it, it because yeah, that's, that's something to the end of that background. Yeah. That back, the flashback. Yeah. That back, that uh, flashback. But, um, he manages to steal a map and the devil fruit. And everyone thinks, you know, he ate the devil fruit cause Oh, he's so cool and tough. But in reality, he faked it and he, you know, he ate a regular melon or whatever. And then he actually has the real Cthulhu devil fruit. Um, the Cthulhu double fruit. I know people are going to say, it's just double fruit. Stop saying, I'm like, no, head nah, cannon. Cthulhu, man. Cthulhu is the main bad guy of the Grand Line. Until proven um, otherwise. The final guardian. Yeah, exactly. Until I'm disproven, I'm dying on this hill. Um, and then in a hilarious cartoon manner, Shanks surprises him twice. First time just going, hey, what are you doing? And then he, he almost drops the fruit. He almost drops the map. And then he goes, oh my God. And then he, I forget how and why, but he puts the fruit. Oh yeah. He puts the double fruit in his mouth to hide it the first yeah. time. And then he relaxes at first going, Oh my God. Okay. He didn't notice. And then Shanks pops up back again. Like a, I guess, uh, like the proper, uh, the proper tone here. He pops up again, like a Jack in the box, right? Like to the clown going, so what you got? And then he forces him accidentally to swallow the fruit. So he actually eats the fruit that everyone thought he did. Yeah. <laughs> and then he also drops the map. So he ended up with, Two treasures, and then he had zero treasures, and then he was also humiliated, which adds on to the earlier part, the earlier part when he was yelling at Moji about how could you humiliate us like this? Because he was humiliated when he was a pirate that had to be rescued by his rival because he was drowning. And what kind of pirate drowns? So that's why that repentance, okay, that's why Buggy hates the hell out of Shanks. But it doesn't change the fact that he skewered that hat yep. and Luffy was there. And I have it written on here. Buggy cuts and pierces a straw hat. Big mistake. Luffy becomes one with a Satsui no Hado, a <laughs> nine tailed demon, etc., etc. <laughs> yeah. Like Luffy gets we're, like we're, a little anger power up. Yeah. He's, we don't see the effects of evil Ryu or the, or the Naruto demon, but we can mentally picture it because then we start in the next chapter. It gets ape shit in the fight and we see actually a very creative technique where i oh yeah i think nami is again trying to bail with some treasure yeah from she the has ship, like a like a treasure bag or from the warehouse yeah and then buggy does basically a um <laughs> it's this is a reference to the very first live action star trek movie that jj abrams directed where it was the meme of the captain on board just screams like fire everything and buggy basically like shoots out every limb. He, it's like chop, chop festival. I think Yeah. where every single limb is shot out to cause mass chaos and, and, um, descent, uh, to confusion. And then I'm just thinking in my mind, fire everything. <laughs> Cause he's just shooting elbow there, wrist there, mid wrist there. And then very creatively. Cause again, it's like, what's the weakness here? Is it just to punch a limb? And it's like, no, he realizes, Oh, the feet ain't flying. Let's ask, and I, it was like, I get, this gave me like a good, like a uh, good interpretation of like what to expect for one piece in the future where he defeats or he gets the edge. He doesn't defeat him himself. He gets the edge on buggy by tickling the feet. Yeah. Just fucking by him. pinching his ankles, which by the way, fucking hurts, dude. Um, the, the tendon and like, he's constantly like, cause buggy is like inches away from actually getting or killing Nami, but he starts making the, all these faces of, cause he's, as being skewered and tangled. I'm just fucking hilarious. And then at the last blow, and like you mentioned, Zoro got the final blow last arc against the villain. 
I think Nami does. No, that's, that's not true. Nami gets the the crippling blow. Yeah, she hits the assist. She gets the crippling blow. Yeah, she gets the major, like, yeah, Marvel versus Capcom assist, where she knocks him over the head with the treasure bag. But yeah, I just remembered. Luffy does get the final blow where he does a really cool uh, fighting game move where he punches out both his hands at once, but he has the extra project. Uh, yeah, projection. bazooka. Yeah, bazooka. Yeah, and then it goes whoosh, where it, instead of a Kamehameha coming out, it's just his hands shooting out. And oh, it was hilarious because also with the uh, further assist, Buggy was trying to re-associate uh, himself, but he's missing like all of his major limbs, yeah. his torso, <laughs> his biceps, his thighs. And she tied him up with the same rope that she tied Luffy up with earlier. Again, resourceful. This girl's great. Best girl. And <laughs> but Luffy just bazookas him out like the new, like tiny figure that he has where it's just his head, hands, and feet. <laughs> yeah, like he sends them flying, <laughs> separated still from his body parts. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, this is a very creative fight. I forgot about this completely because I remember Buggy when I'm reading that volume for the first time 15 years ago. But I completely forgot how it wrapped up. And I'm just like, man, I was a shitty kid if I didn't remember this cool shit. <laughs> I remember the Zoro panel, but that's it. Yeah, it's uh, it, it all goes back to what we were saying before. Like, we're kind of saying Luffy is, like, versatile. And he's going to defeat his enemies usually in, like, an unconventional way that's usually, like, pretty cool. Mm -hmm. You get You get resourceful and creative with Luffy being Luffy going, what happens if I just tickle these feet? And then Nami being resourceful with the rope she has going... I'm just going to hogtie because that works on anybody. And I'm just going to do it to these limbs because you did a festival thing here. And because you're distracted by your feet being tickled, I was able to, you know, get this tangled up. Yeah. So that was, I wouldn't say that was a Luffy final blow. I would say that was definitely a tag team blow. Yeah. That was Nami and Luffy. That, that was definitely not just Luffy. That was Luffy and Nami or Nami and Luffy. So. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of similar to that, like, moment we got with Zoro where they were teaming up, working really, really well together, you know? Yeah, where she she affirms, yeah, she affirms she's a partner, she's not a crew member. And then they do they do another pirate uh hightail where the members of the town agree with the mayor and try to help them. But they arrive at the worst possible time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They see Nami with the treasure, they see the mayor knocked out because we didn't mention this, Luffy knocked him out earlier right. to save him so he wouldn't get in the way. Just keep him unconscious, keep him out of the fight, keep him out cold. Um, but the town sees Luffy, Nami, and Zoro with the mayor knocked out in front. <laughs> Nami holding the treasure bag. Yeah, they're like, oh, And shit. then everyone's like, get him. And they start hightailing it. And then best boy best Chocho boy. protects them and gives them the time to escape. Best wrap up to Chocho. Chocho's probably the best dog in fiction. Probably. Oh, boy. Great ending to that. Great ending. I can't wait to see what they do. Um, I'm guessing we're going to get the cook and the musician before we get any further developments with Nami. I could be wrong. I saw I'm very confident though. We're going to get a major development with her mm -hmm. because although she had a great, uh, combat finale, that character growth still feels like there's something more, but it's not an unintentional, like anticlimactic development. It's like, no, there's more. There's going to be more. Right. I, I, I have faith. What I've seen so far, it's very fun and creative. It's actually reminding me a lot about My Hero, so I'm starting to think that Horikoshi was heavily inspired by One Piece. I could be uh, wrong about that. I think that is that, a thing. I think the two of them did like an interview and Horikoshi said so. If that's true, then that makes complete sense because I'm getting a lot of similar vibes where I'm like, it isn't the most unpredictable uh, stuff. Like, you can predict a lot of these motifs and stuff happening. It's yeah. all feel-good emotions, but 
it's it's shonen. It's it's not meant to be this complex, deep thing. Make it fun. Make it you know worthwhile, and have some really fun characters in this great world. Like the characters in the world are winning me right now. Yeah, like there's a time and a place to like do subversions of like shonen tropes and things like that. But One Piece really thrives on like I think kind of just perfecting like the genre archetype. You know. Yeah, that that's how I saw My Hero. Yeah, similar. Yeah, idea. One Piece came way before My Hero, obviously. So One Piece takes the Dragon Ball Z. I think One Piece came after Dragon Ball Z, right? Yeah, way after Dragon Ball, right? Yeah, quite a while. One Piece, like maybe ten years. Because I because if I got my timelines right, <laughs> my Furiosity timelines, I can Google later. Is Dragon Ball came first, original Dragon Ball, then One Piece comes around and kind of perfects what Dragon Ball does because the pacing's a bit off, but. Early Dragon Ball is still really good. Like early Dragon Ball saw some very fantastic characters and world building. And then Z comes around as a different tone. What I like to think is that One Piece kind of takes the best of Dragon Ball and um, uh, Dragon Ball Z. But so far, it seems more Dragon Ball, and I'm completely fine with that. Yeah, that, that's a good way to explain it. And then My Hero Academia takes what's the best of Dragon Ball, Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, and continues it. Although, is it better than One Piece? I don't know. I love my hero, but I'm biased. <laughs> I, I'm caught up with my hero. Yeah, like, I can't pretend that I'm not biased for One Piece. It's one of my favorite works of fiction just in general. So at this point, we experienced a little bit of technical difficulties, but thankfully we were able to mostly rectify it. Next week, we're going to be reading Stirrup Village, chapters 22 to 41. Thank you guys for listening. I have been Justin and my co-host Jacob, who did have some closing comments that managed to make it through. I'll patch those in. Thank you guys again. Uh, next week, we will have arc three covered. Don't know how many chapters that will be, but I'm very excited, very interested to going on. It's chapters 22 to 41. We are experiencing technical difficulties, but I am extremely excited to go on and finish this series. I now have a perfect excuse to finally deep dive into supposedly the best shonen of all time. And so far, it's not disappointing. Like, it's living up to those expectations. So next time, we'll talk about Arc 3. And thank you very much for listening in. (laughs) 